0: Hi, how
1: are you? G'day. Hey! Did that work?
0: (laughs) Yep, it worked. Woo!
1: Oh, that (laughs) makes me happy.
0: (laughs) So, how are you? How is your day? Well, isn't it technically night for you now?
1: Oh, it is. This is the great thing about time zones. Uh, It is (laughs) Thursday morning. It's eight o'clock in the morning. And this has got to sound a bit wild, I guess, because, I mean, it's like I'm calling from the future or something.
0: Like, my today was your yesterday.
1: Yeah, and, like, a distant yesterday as well. Because what what time is it over there That's sort of mid-afternoon.
0: Yeah, it's, like, a little bit after four.
1: (laughs) See, that's wild.
0: (laughs) I know, it's so weird to me. Especially, like, in America where I'm like, oh, wait, there's Eastern time, there's Central. I'm like, what?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, and so our country's huge as well. Australia's about the size of the, the connected 48. So there's also central time and way over on the very far western side, Perth has its own time zone as well, which is at this time of year, three hours behind where I am. So over there, it'd be five in the morning.
0: Wow. Time, so, yeah, man. again,
1: big place. <laughs> yeah, time, yeah. What a crazy idea time is, hey. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. I've, I've, From where you are in the afternoon, I picked up my kids and got home. We had dinner. We put them to sleep. Uh, there was a big football game on over here. Last night, so we are watching that. And then, you know, next thing you know, you, you get a seven-hour sleep and drop kids back off at school, and it's 8 o'clock in the morning. So it's, that's uh, compared to where, what, what time you're up to in, in the afternoon over there. Those are things I accomplished.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, like, you're from Australia, so it's, like, kind of yeah. different from America.
1: <laughs> I find, too, because I, I live in a couple of little U.S. communities online because I'm really into American football, and that's kind of a rare thing over here. Uh, but I've found myself in a couple of communities of folks who are pretty into their American fantasy football. And to be the weird foreigner in those groups is a bit of fun because you learn a whole bunch of the stereotypes that <laughs> folks have overseas of what Aussies are like and what Australia's like, and I find that endlessly entertaining.
0: It's like, okay, so you know Seinfeld, right?
1: Yeah, sure do. Love it. <laughs>
0: So, there's this one, um, like, when Elaine was like, the dingo ate your baby. <laughs> <laughs> the dingo ate your baby.
1: <laughs> that one comes up a little bit, got to admit. That one comes up a little bit. So, and, and dingoes... That's it too, cause the accent, right? The accent yeah. half the fun, right?
0: <laughs> and uh, So, dingoes are like, what, wild dogs?
1: Yeah, pretty well. And they're sort of the size of your average sheepdog, I guess, you know, just in terms of a... A, a working dog that you might have on a ranch. Uh, it's a, that's sort, and they don't look terribly different from that. Uh, but yeah, they're they're wild, and obviously had that pretty famous thing in the early '80s uh, with an English touring family. Uh, yeah, had, ran into some trouble out near uh, out near uh, what used to be called Ayers Rock, that we now call Uluru Desert. And yeah, then that's uh, kind of become a pop culture thing, I guess. The dingo's got me, baby. You dial up the accent a lot.
0: <laughs> okay and what are, okay so is outback is that technically australian americanized food
1: oh god i'm gonna say so many damn things i think on this show now too that i realize they're just such aussie things and you're gonna be like what is that so definitely pull me up and ask me on them <laughs> outback i guess is what we would describe as just area outside of civilization you know so you could have a tiny little village town out in the outback or it could be nothing, you know, just endless expanse of desert or bush. Uh, that's kind of what we mean when we say, say Outback. But I understand Outback Steakhouse is a bit of a big thing for the US that's kind of based on Australian cuisine.
0: Yeah, I had um, some Outback food from time to time. I'm more of like a Texas Roadhouse kind of person or Wendy's.
1: Oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah. So I hear Wendy's come up often because I watch a fair bit of American TV as well, but over here, there's a chain called Wendy's and it's literally like an ice cream chain, like Baskin Robbins. And really? so when people say Wendy's and they describe it like it's a dining experience, I just haven't got my head around it. But I also don't want to look it up because I kind of like this weird thing that, you know, I've just got to imagine what it would be like if this ice cream chain <laughs> did a full sit down meal. And I don't want to ruin that, to be honest. I don't really want to ruin that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like the only things that I know, I don't know that much about, you know, Australia because I'm not from there, but I have heard stories yeah. about the animals. And you have know, the spiders and I don't I don't vibe with that. <laughs> I'm personally don't want to touch that.
1: Oh, uh, okay. What have you heard? What have you, tell tell me all the bad stuff.
0: <laughs> okay. The spiders, okay. And I don't know are there scorpions? There I know there's like insects that I do not like there. <laughs> I do not like <laughs> insects. <laughs> if it flies, it must die. <laughs> like, oh wow, it...
1: okay. You'd have a bad time. You'd have a bad time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like when the cicadas came out. I know. <laughs> Oh, so I was not them. having
1: it. They're cool. They make an awesome noise. But they but, dive I mean, bomb a people. Freaky thing. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty freaky.
0: Yeah, um, like so... they're like, oh, you're a person? Sorry, I'm just going to you know, smack into you. Yeah. Attack,
1: attack. <laughs> so yeah. where I live, I'm inland from the coast. And I guess most of our cities and towns are on the edge of the island. Why wouldn't they be most of the middle's desert? Uh, but on the sort of the eastern side, there's this beautiful sort of nice big mountain ridge. So between there and the coast, it's all nice and green and lush. And there's a lot of towns. And I live in the capital city called Canberra. And we are just too far up. We're, like we're sort of 2,000 feet above sea level here. And just, it's just too far up to get some of those cranky things. Uh, <laughs> but you get some pretty wicked spiders there. They're pretty fun. Uh, we're not too pretty high fun. up. <laughs> well, a lot of them aren't dangerous. And I say that in that, you know, so hold your hand out in front of you. Stretch your fingers out. There are <laughs> spiders that are that big. And I'm not going to freak people out by saying our spiders are that big because they would just be knowledge. <laughs> but I mean... So the whole circumference of the palm of your hand, though, you get spiders that big fairly often that are completely harmless and they're not web-building spiders. They just kind of creep into your home and hide in little corners and stuff. Or they'll, the, the, the one that's classic you see on TV is like from the – you fold down the visor of your car and there'll be a spider hanging on that or whatever. And, and mm. so that that's the most dangerous they get is that often the surprise of seeing one freak someone out and then they do something they wouldn't do and cause an accident and get hurt. And, and the same about that kangaroos I guess too is that kangaroos completely harmless animal except that they're kind of like I guess the northern hemisphere has like, m- like mooses and deers or whatever the road pest is up there and they're our road pest here but they're so damn agile that even you can do your best to avoid them and they can just change the direction so quickly that you might end up in steering straight into it. Um, so they're a pest in that respect but I mean they are freely roaming and everywhere i wouldn't go a day most weeks without seeing at least one kangaroo
0: well i heard that like aren't are some kangaroos mean or are they just kind of chill
1: i think you have to do a real job ticking one off to get one mad
0: (laughs) so you can like be Uh, like oh hello brenda how are you doing you know nice weather
1: (laughs) (laughs) to be nice to them yeah so i trail run and so i I'm out on trails quite a bit. You run into them. They're, they're funky colored though. A lot of them in this area are really gray and they kind of, when they've got their head down and they are just in some, some shoots and grass or whatever, they kind of look like a rock until they move. And then they've got no reason to move until you sort of, you know, sweating, heaving, heavy breathing, thumping the path, running past them and, and then they'll stick their head up and you, give you a heart attack because then they stand up and they're almost as tall as you because it you get to above six feet tall. They're pretty, some of them pretty big. Uh, and so in an instance like that, if you give one a fright, then it might sort of have the reaction to to come after you a bit. But generally, they're, they're more scared of you than you are of them. And same with most spiders too. There's some pretty venomous ones over here, but more often than not, they're more scared of you. And uh, the bit that's really gross about them is if you do get a big one inside your house, I've got this rule too. Hey, if it's inside the house, it's got to die. Sorry, guys. Outside the house, okay, just don't come in. You can you can chill out there. But once you come in, game game over and the the creative ways you've got to go about trying to kill a rather large spider i mean just stepping on one can feel really gross because you hear it crunch and everything <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean
0: when i think of yeah, Arden,
1: step on a large household pest like
0: <laughs> be like um raid is too much to kill you i'm just gonna use my large boot and
1: <laughs> well yeah if they're big enough you can really get into them with the raid and it takes a little while to make them drunk enough to slow down but (laughs) they're often quite quick as well and all you end up doing is coating them in this weird white powder for For it takes a minute then for them to get drunk enough to stop moving
0: (laughs) so like since kangaroos are pretty wild it's kind of like wild deer like they're just you know all around you're like oh just don't mind them
1: well yeah so from the part of the country you're in over there do you have a like so kangaroos do roam like that and I mean, I'm I'm driving to a country town 45 minutes north of my town today and I'm going to see probably 500 of these things just in paddocks along the side of the road. But do you have something sort of like that that just kind of roams, you know, that you see all the time.
0: And, okay, is this, is kookaburras, are those a thing?
1: (gasps) They're awesome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're a thing. So they're, they're this tiny little bird. And I, th- I guess, you know, have you heard one of them make it sound? Well, I the only like
0: time I I think I heard them, don't they like snap their neck or like it's like their beak or something? And it sounds like their neck snapping or something. Like they uh, click.
1: They've got this laughing sound. Yeah. The thing about them is that they laugh and they yeah tilt their head right up. And I don't really know how they do it, but they make the sound. Uh, I'm going to sound like a real idiot if I try and imitate it. But it's, <laughs> it is like a kuk 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 sort of sound from a distance kind of, they can do it really quick and it sounds much more melodic than that. Uh, and to hear one's actually really darn cool because, you know, where I live, there's you don't get a lot of them. So when you hear one, I tend to I tend to stop and smell the roses and just drink in the sound because it's something that you don't hear very often. Uh, they are, you know, different parts of the island. They're much more prolific, but where I live there, you don't get so many. So, I, you know, I'll just try and enjoy one when I hear one. <laughs>
0: It's like the kookaburra song, like kookaburra sitting in an old gum tree.
1: <laughs> yes! Oh, you know that song? Yeah.
0: Oh, Wow. because in kindergarten... You'd be in a red group. Yeah, I think I did a project on Australia. I don't remember most <laughs> of it, but I was, like, way little. Like, we had, like, little safari hats on.
1: <laughs> oh that's great oh that makes me happy
0: <laughs> yeah it was for like an international day like every year we try to pick like a different country and that grades like does like a little project on it so i think we oh, did like do that. it yeah
1: <laughs> oh that's cool because i think you know we've got a complex national identity over here that we think we should be one of the big hitters in the world because we're you know, pretty civilized and head of capital, we can make a pretty good income here, and it's a, it's a good place to live in that respect. But then we're also this massively desert island in the middle of pretty much nowhere, not really connected to any other big economies, and and, and you know really remote and kind of a bit yokely. <laughs> have all the weird accent. Have all these animals that kind of look like a kindergarten, They're just kind of you know smash two animals together to create a new one. <laughs> um so you know we've kind of got this weird complex thing where we've got this like underdog status of yeah but you know we're this small population from a weird island uh but we're also financially savvy and heavy hitters and you know it's a, it's a complex line to live being Aussie and having to <laughs> have both those egos competing all the time
0: well and like Australia does have some cool things because I remember watching a video you know about a bunyip and I've never heard of them but like they're really fascinating
1: It's such an interesting concept. Yeah. What do you know about bunyips?
0: Okay. So there's this animatronic, right? Because I'm like really, I'm really big on like animatronics. So
1: there's this. Yeah. Yeah. You'd say, well, we have been talking offline before. Yeah. Before this. You'd said that was kind of one of your things. Yeah.
0: So yeah, there's this animatronic uh, bunyip called Bert the Bunyip. And oh, it's in uh, Murray Bridge, Australia. I don't know if that's near.
1: Murray Bridge. Oh, okay. So it sounds like it's in South Australia. Their accents over there are a bit richer than mine.
0: Yeah, and, like, um, there's different renditions of it. It was a girl, then it was a guy. Then it had a girl with, like, a child bunyip. And it looks, like, kind of creepy. But, like, you press a button, and it comes up. And then it comes down. and makes this sound. <laughs> but there was an oil oh, spill awesome. one of the days. And it was, like, just black. Just pitch black.
1: <sighs>
0: and when they pressed the wow. button, and <laughs> when the bunyip got out of the water... It was just, ooh, it looks so creepy, but it's like so cool too.
1: Wow. Now that'd be pretty freaky. Cause so in the background here, I just sort of Googled up an image of the, the specific one you're talking about. And it's, it's already a pretty ugly thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be covered in black. Then, yikes. And there's um, also and, the,
0: the, the banana billabong bunyip. There's also another ride with it, but yeah, those are the two <laughs> bunyips from Australia wow. that I know. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's nice to hear someone else use the word billabong because that is such an Aussie word that you never hear anyone else use. It's fun to hear that in a different accent. Uh, Because, I mean, that's where bunyips and billabongs kind of live together, right? The idea is that a billabong is kind of like a small pond, you know, rural pond. And the idea is that the bunyips live in that and the folklore around them is that. And it's an an Aboriginal folklore thing that Westerners kind of picked up once Europeans started colonizing here. And... The idea is that you know you don't go too close to the waterhole by yourself because the bunyip will take you, and it's kind of a I think really cautionary thing of you know. Um, it's like the
0: boogeyman, like don't like the boogeyman, yeah.
1: Like um, what's his name, Krampus? That uh, oh, creature yeah. from the the hills in in Europe who's like you know don't be naughty all year, otherwise Krampus will take you on Christmas Eve. That kind of thing. Like it's just oh uh, you know this is how we do safety out here in ancient Australia, <laughs> and yeah, it's sort of then Western you know, Westerners move in and and turn it into a a whole thing. But, yeah, I, I guess their form is kind of up for debate. But the idea is that I guess they're a bit of a reptilian, marsupial kind of hybrid with, yeah, just awful teeth and designed to scare the hell out of you, really.
0: Yeah, like where I'm from, like the big, it's not really a big monster, but it's kind of a meme at this point. You know, Mothman?
1: Oh, I've heard about Mothman. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's from, you know, West Virginia. So, like. Mothman. Yeah, Mothman.
1: <laughs> wow. What's yeah, his deal? Kinda... Though? Is he he same thing like a boogeyman, like a funny, I guess, like takes people f- for doing bad things, or what's the deal?
0: So, like, someone saw something, you know, flying, right, and they're like, it's like a sized bird creature, and they spread the word about, hey, there's like this Mothman, and that's so cool. It was like in the 1970s. And then there were, like, supernatural events that came about seeing the Mothman. Wow. Yeah, that's, oh, that's kind, so of cool. our, kind of our big thing.
1: <laughs> so is that something where people, I don't know, is this like Bigfoot, where people are really convinced this is a real thing? Or is it one that's kind of like us with Bunyan, where it's like, we'll tell you that they exist. No one really believes it, you know?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's kind it's of North like Man-Land. a tale. there's also a statue that's pretty cool that I want to check out about Mothman. Um, I, don't, I remember... I don't know if there's any new sightings. It's kind of like, you know, in the 70s where everyone's like, oh, my gosh, creatures. Ah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we've got a whole bunch of those sort of cryptid things, you know, where just... Inventions like that. Um, and Bunyip is probably... I don't know. It's probably the most famous. And it's by that, I mean, I'm just proud you've heard of it, to be honest. (laughs) Because I think a lot of of our little folktales. We're so remote. It's hard for our folktales to get anywhere, to be honest. You know, the European ones, the the North American ones tend to sort of travel better than ours do. But have you heard of drop bears?
0: Oh, that sounds very familiar. I think I... Ring a bell? Yeah, I think I've read something about those.
1: So... This is another one of these things where, oh, I don't know if I should blow the myth or not. We, we It's an Aussie sort of gag for tourists to pretty much say, well, look out for the drop bears. And it's just to play into that, oh, everything on this island is out to kill you narrative. <laughs> that, I don't know, somebody started at some point and we kind of went, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, and the idea is that they're pretty much just like a, a koala, but all of a sudden this koala is carnivorous. <laughs> and... <laughs> Um, likes falling out of trees onto unsuspecting prey, which is generally we'd have people know that it's foreign tourists because they like the smell of foreign blood. And <laughs> <laughs> that's really just to get people freaked out um, when really probably the closest thing we've got to that is magpies that actually will swoop you and attack you at different times of years to protect their nest. But, um, but yeah, we've sort of, you know, mashed that together with the idea of koalas being mean instead sort of mostly trunk on eucalyptus all the time. <laughs>
0: And isn't it, like, it's kind of, like, a meme that, like, everything Australian is upside down, like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a nice thought. I like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, like, um, someone standing, like, upright in, like, their Christmas trees. <laughs> like, <us laughs> everywhere else in Australia, it's, like, upside down.
1: <laughs> oh, there's a bunch of really great memes around, too, like, Meanwhile in Australia. And I don't know if you've gone down that rabbit hole, but it's, again, it's just playing on that whole. It's just you know everything that's familiar but not familiar sort of narrative too of like that you know Christmas tree oh well it will be upside down if you're down under uh, oh with such yokels that you know while well, G twenty summons happening you know we're all you know driving Utes through the mud or whatever you know it's just that sort of thing you know meanwhile in Australia the, the other one I hear people ask about is if the water really does um, flush the other way like spiral the other way in. And, and I, I don't think it does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I understand that effect happens where, you know, on one side of the world, a, a spiral of water would go down the drain hole one way and on the other side of, of earth, it should go the other. But um, I, I haven't I haven't successfully proven that that's true.
0: <laughs> and what about, like, do you guys use the metric system or?
1: <laughs> For everything. For everything. So folks who talk feet and inches, I think we've sort of had to familiarize ourselves over here with that because, I mean, to, to describe my height, I'd say I'm 181 centimeters. I wouldn't say I'm 5'11 unless I knew I was talking to somebody from the US when I'd have to be ready to convert it pretty well. <laughs> I think I'd say 181 centimeters and you'd get a cocked eyebrow going. What know, is I'm that? so
0: bad at trying to convert. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just ingrained with feet and inches. And I know that they tried to bring it up, but all of us were like, nah, we'll be what different is that? still. <laughs>
1: Well, and miles as well. Like I'm okay yeah. converting things into miles, but I can't do temperature. I don't know how to do temperature. It's tricky. You're you, you guys on that um, scale where it can be 100 degrees. We're over here. Um, <laughs> a hot day's 37, and they're the same temperature. But I don't know how to convert from Fahrenheit to to Celsius quickly. No, yeah, I...
0: it's like, um, think for me, like, I guess 40 below is pretty chilly um 50 to like 60 degrees is like kind of moderate and then 70s a little bit warm but 80s to like 90s it rarely gets to 100 where I'm from so it's like kind of warm when it's like
1: 80 to 90s oh wow so so where I am I guess you know we get the cold overnights overnights it can be below zero in our system which I think zero and 32 are the same that's something I feel like I remember from school um, so at 32, that's freezing. Here, that's zero. But we'll get to minus six or seven on that scale uh, as an overnight minimum through sort of, you know, August when it's the depth of winter in my town. Um, but then so, you know, we're headed towards Christmas and it's summer Christmas over here, which I think is just the best. And <laughs> Christmas Day here could be 33 or 34 on that scale, which is, I guess, above 90 on yours.
0: Though, do you like, does it ever snow there or is it just... It doesn't get that cold.
1: Almost never, yeah. So my town, we're, in terms of the biggest town at any elevation, I've got about half a million in the town I'm in, and it's easily the biggest at any elevation at all on our island because it's just every, all the big towns are on the coast, right? Uh, But, you know, it might snow here once every second year, one day, enough that you can see it snowing, but then it, you know, doesn't settle on the ground. So Mm -hmm. it's just, it's not enough to ever say it really properly snows here. You might get a really good dump of snow that stays on the ground a few inches, you know, once every decade. <laughs> it's happened like three, four times in my whole life. But from where I live now, you're only sort of a two-hour drive from what we consider our Alps. And, you know, up there, it's terrific. You can see you uh, you can you can see that snow up there from quite a distance away, but it's just such a small part because, you know, so much of our island is so flat and so low. And we've got this one ridge that has, any chance of really getting any significant snow on it and that's it so you know you can live on this island your whole life and have never seen proper snow because there's only one really small part where you're likely to get it
0: dang like for me i think way years back we got more snow especially in december like that's tradition like christmas in december and now it's like in january and february i'm like no tradition (laughs) it's
1: white christmas damn you weather Why aren't you playing along? (laughs) So I think at Christmas time over there, obviously, it's fairly cold. But do you get a snowy Christmas often? Because, I mean, that's the romanticized thing on the TV that we see about, you know, Christmas in general is, you know, the idea of the white Christmas. And it's in a lot of TV shows or movies that it would snow on Christmas. And there's a romantic sort of connection between those things happening. Does it happen in reality?
0: Yes. um, In specific huh. parts, sometimes it snows more. Um, I think now with, like, the temperature change and all that and climate and yeah, global climate warming, right. <laughs> um, it doesn't snow as much or, like, it's, like, more elongated. Like, it's not starting. Because usually, you know, in October, it's, like, pretty cold. This year, it was, like, really warm.
1: Oh, I like, remember longer. when I was,
0: like, when I was, like, eight, Um, I had to wear, like, a double jacket for, like, one of my costumes, but now it's like, oh wow, it's like pretty hot. It's like, what, what's going on?
1: Oh, no, everything you know, <laughs> it's been jumping <checking laughs> out
0: <laughs> And so I'm like googling right now some more Australian animals, okay. like wombats. I, I call my some of my fam, some of my friends, like you are such a deaf wombat. Like I don't know why the wombat pulls up, <laughs> and I'm like, you're so deaf, you're a deaf wombat. A deaf
1: wombat. They're such a funky animal. They're ugly as sin once they're big, but little baby (laughs) wombats are so cool. Um, So I've got young kids, and we took them to this little zoo at a little little coastal town a couple of years ago and got the chance to hold these baby wombats all swaddled up in a towel, and it was just a beautiful thing. They're so warm and round, (laughs) and they're ugly enough to be really cute when they're little, but once they get big, they're just ugly enough to be ugly. Um, They are another road pest. Uh, depending on where you are, what state you're in and and, and where the populations of these things are, they can really do a lot of damage to your car too because they're small and low and they're essentially like a rock and you can drive over one and it will survive but it will just shred the bottom of your car. Dang. Yeah, yeah, they're tough little... So I guess, you know, wombat also associated with being tough over here.
0: And also, like, I didn't know, like, platypus, like platypi, I guess that's... I don't know. Oh, yeah, haven't more (laughs) than
1: one yet, platypi. Yeah, it's one of those... (laughs) They kind of like, look like just someone has literally just plugged together different parts of the different animals till they got something they like the look of, don't they?
0: Perry the platypus. Like, looking at a real one, I'm like, huh, I'm so used to the cartoon thing. That's blue.
1: <laughs> then you see a real one and go, that doesn't look the same. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Okay, chicken-flavored chips don't taste like chicken. <laughs> same with the platypus. Oh. It doesn't look like a platypus, yeah.
0: So, like, um, there's crocodiles. I heard like crocodiles taste like chicken. Is that true?
1: Uh, I'm such an unpatriotic Australian that I've never had crocodile meat. I've never tried it. And where I live, because I'm just so far from the coast and I'm, you know, so high above sea level, we just don't get them here. But you get heaps of them up in the tropic climate. Um, there's a tropic that runs right through sort of Queensland, Northern Territory in the top part of Western Australia. Everything from that sort of, you know, climate point and north, you get tons of them. And there are stories every year of at least, you get at least one story every year of somebody being attacked and, um, and often fatally uh, wounded by, by crocodile attack. So they're, they're um, pretty mean. Pretty mean.
0: Don't they hiss?
1: Yeah, they've got all sorts of weird sounds. Um, so I know they're sort of slightly different from alligators in some ways, but I don't entirely know all of them. But yeah, yeah they've definitely got a sound they make, and some of them can get quite big, um, you know, four plus meters long they' so pretty, uh, pretty mean things. I'm glad I live a long way away from anywhere where that would be a problem. Give me the, you know, palm-sized spiders any day. <laughs> <laughs> Those are a cakewalk. <laughs> They're not going to bite me.
0: <laughs> and I also heard, like, there's also the meme about, like, Australia has, like,
1: <laughs> oh, it's, like,
0: <laughs> like, the Australian horse is, like, an emu. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I knew oh, this video? was going to come up. A mode of transport. I knew it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Or like the guy, have you seen the video? Of the guy that's like walking, his emo. It's like, it's an emu. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's my emu.
1: Oh, I love that. Because <laughs> here, our pronunciation of that is so different. We pronounce the U like it sounds. It's emu. So when you hear people say emu, I actually kind of think that's really cute and funny. But <laughs> <laughs> but they're an amazing animal because you see them in a zoo where they're well kept and well maintained or someone has one on their farm or whatever where it's kind of, it's gotten used to being near the family and it kind of almost integrates like a pet where it will. You know, just hover around because it knows we'll get looked after. And they look completely different from a wild emu. Uh, a couple of years ago, we did one of those great big trips out to the desert just to have a potter about and to sort of see what we could see out there. And you can see emus kilometres away because they're so much miles away. Because <laughs> they're so much taller than everything else out there. There's so little rainfall or water uh, that they're just the tallest thing out there. And you can see, see them for such a distance away. And then when you get close to one, they look so ragged and disheveled. And it's, it's a tough life. I've got to imagine living out there as an emu, but, um, yeah, pet emus. Yeah. They sound great. They look fun. (laughs) That that whole thing about motor transport, though, I'd sort of written down some things I thought might come up and I thought, gosh, I bet you there's going to be something about, you know, like there being some sort of joke or stereotype or something about the idea of like getting around in a kangaroo's pouch or something like that. I kind of put that down as a note, just wondering if that would come up (laughs) and being ready. I was ready.
0: (laughs) I'm checking out all the boxes, and you're like, yep. And also, like, I'm looking, also Tasmanian devils. It doesn't look like what's in, like, Looney Tunes. I'm like, a whole life is a lie. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it looks like.
1: They look like, to me, from The Princess Bride, if you know that movie, uh, the rodents of unusual yeah. usual size, R-O-U-S-S. Yeah, that's how they look to me.
0: My name's Montoya. <laughs> you yeah. killed my father. Prepare to die. Prepare to
1: die. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> Still do. Uh, yeah, they look like the R-O-U-S-S more than... More well, than they look like that thing that spins. The whole thing where Tassie Devil in Looney Tunes spins like a tornado. Um, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know where that comes from. And I mean, those these little guys are obviously not doing anything like that. They don't even have a tail to chase like a dog. You know, <laughs> a dog will chase its tail and go around in circles. These guys don't even have something like that. So I don't, I don't know. Do not know? But they're they're pretty rare animal too. They're uh, and, and date a fairly endangered species too, the Tassie Devils. So there's a whole bunch going on to try and help preserve them and get them into breeding programs to try and ke- keep them going because I think you get a character like that on a cartoon, that's great for awareness about this animal. And then you see the animal and go, that's nothing like it. Uh, but to know that it's an endangered species and that it's now starting to get looked after and uh, it's got that name recognition around it, that's kind of a cool thing.
0: Yeah, like I'm looking at most of the names of these animals, I cannot pronounce. Like some of my, I have some people there from like Romania and Italy, and like the kind of funny thing is like I'm like, okay, let me pronounce some of your like dishes. Oh, do. And whenever, like I'm, I always put like a question at the ends. Like I'm like, huh? What <laughs> so
1: even is this? Like yeah.
0: Mar, marsupiali. marsupiali?
1: Marsupial. Marsupial. Um. Marsupial. Yeah, that, woo! <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a good effort. That's a good effort. <laughs> you have to have
0: some kind of like confidence to say this. And also, oh gosh, this is a long one.
1: Oh, no, you're gonna need to take a run up, are you? Just break it into pieces. Break yeah. it into pieces. That's the best way.
0: <laughs> uh, griff forms. Oh god. for forms? It's like a little.
1: This isn't even a word we use. Holy cow, where have you got this?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a possum. Oh, a possum. <laughs> Yeah, we got
1: heaps of possums. Okay, so what's their animal type? Gosh. Now I'm learning about my own animals. God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find the word.
0: Like, some of these names... Oh, f- there's also monotremes.
1: forms. So phalanges like your fingers, ah, those... you know, the that, that muscles and bone structures in your fingers. Oh. Phalanges. And, and it's, I think, because they're super strong with those because they climb trees.
0: Oh, sugar glider. I really want a sugar glider. Like, I remember I was watching a video of this one girl. She brought it into her school... And like just flying around.
1: That'd be cool. I mean it'd be a bit freaky at first. Something the size of a domestic cat that just floats. <laughs> freak you out. That'd freak you out. <laughs> uh, you get possums around here a lot, uh, depending on sort of where you are. There's, you know. They like specific sorts of trees. So if you've got a whole bunch of, you know, really good possum trees, I guess, near your home, then you'll they'll end up scratching across your roof in the middle of the night, getting into your your roof space and that sort of thing as well, just to try and get warm spots and they can be a real pest, but um, I mean, the sugar glide is really cute. We've got a lot of animals in that sort of family you know, too. Like- There's like ones called quackers that are really little sort of, they're halfway between a possum and like a little wallaby because they bounce and they're kind of cool. Ooh, Quokkas, Q-U-O-K-K-A-S, quackers. And that's just a fun Aussie sounding thing to say too. Mate, your quacker got in my yard the other day, tore a hole in the fence, <laughs> you know. If you want to dial up the accent, it's just a fun word to say. And whenever I hear
0: that, I just immediately, because of, like, the outback, <laughs> like, the voiceover, that's what I hear.
1: That, just dial up the accent, and all of a sudden you're transported to, like, Crocodile Dundee.
0: <laughs> well, $5, you can get yourself a bread basket. Oh, wow, that <laughs> was <steak>. good.
1: <laughs> Gee, that was so much, a lot of folks who tried the Aussie accent end up just sounding like drunk poms. But you, like, that's our word for English people, drunk English people. But um, that, that's, that, that was actually a really admirable effort. I'm going to give you a bit of a round of applause for that one.
0: Well, thank well you, Well
1: done. Mate. Yeah, good on you, mate.
0: <laughs> From fi- wanting to find a Nemo in Australia, Sydney.
1: <laughs> Sydney, Australia. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to embarrass myself by trying an American accent now because that would just be horrible.
0: Uh, (laughs) Oh, cool. I did an Australian.
1: What's something that's really American I could say? Because, I mean, you're having a real crack at some Aussie words there. What's something that's real American?
0: Well, well, I'm from, like, country folks. So, like, I usually say, hey, y'all, you want a hamburger? Um,
1: Oh, I could. With some
0: fries with that, with some grits.
1: Grits? What are
0: grits? (laughs) What are grits? (laughs) Grits? So, I never had them personally, but... Grits are like um, it's like a porridge kind of made out of like cornmeal. Oh,
1: okay, cornmeal, hey, that's kind of not a big thing here.
0: And also collard greens, like that's like
1: collard, collard, like collard, um, like, or collard? and co- collard. collard, like on your shirt a collar, that's it.
0: No, it's C O L L A R D. Yeah, collard.
1: collard. Oh, what are those? <laughs> I'm learning today. This is great.
0: Well. <laughs> it's like um like cabbage or broccoli wow. um it's like like kale it's like you know lettuce kind of yeah
1: wow. and then what do you do with it what makes it collared because there's the green bit i've got the green i'm down with the green what do you do with it, to make it it's true? like
0: a side dish that people have like i remember oh. i was um working and like you know where i lived like it's mainly italian so you know there's some food with that like hoagies um pepperoni rolls those are also a wow. thing
1: they sound good all right
0: pizza like chicken alfredo oh, chicken stuff alfredo. like that yeah
1: that sounds good all right so real italian so the southern european uh oh man i'm feeling nervous about doing the accent thing here we go could i channel my you know something In American. <clears throat> uh, i'm getting all self-conscious here okay hi y'all, want a hamburger with some fries, maybe some grits? What even was that? I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, I can kind of hear like the Australian accent trying to push through.
1: (laughs) It's irrepressible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: It's like, I'm still here. You can't escape. Yeah, it's
1: trying to, it's it's like, hi y'all, you want a hamburger with some fries and some grits? (laughs) Where am I falling down? I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like I sound much like myself at all when I'm doing that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's like you kind of have to have a southern twang. Like it's like the back of your throat and you kind of have to like close your throat, if that makes sense. Like you kind of have to Oh gosh. Um, kind of draw the words, want to go down by the creek.
1: Oh, but I'm being so rehearsed on it. It's hard to be so... Slacking.
0: Meanwhile, me, I'm like, I ain't done Want to dingo.
1: I haven't got a dingo's <laughs> chance, mate. Yeah.
0: I'm going to ride a kangaroo. Wow.
1: Well, I'm glad I embarrassed myself with doing an accent then too. I mean, your effort was much more than whatever it was I just came out with.
0: Oh, okay. What does – okay, I heard this a lot, like shrimp on the barbie. Oh, I
1: knew that would come up too. <laughs> Uh, This is one of those ones like koalas aren't bears. PSA, people, koalas, not bears. They're they're marsupials and they're much more like a kangaroo than a bear. But no, this is the other one that is kind of a big bugbear. I don't know. I don't know why I have to be an old man at a typewriter writing a letter to the editor about this one, but we don't have shrimp here. And that ad that had the Paul Hogan character from Crocodile Dundee on it saying about shrimp on the barbie, the line in that ad had been prawn on a barbie, but they changed it to shrimp just to make it more f- suitable for the US audience who it was aimed at because, yeah, prawn's not a big thing there, but shrimp, yeah, totally. And over here, no shrimp, it's prawns. So we've sort of set ourselves up to be tortured by that and we don't have shrimp. PSA, we don't have shrimp.
0: <laughs> so do you just say, yo, I got fish on the barbie? What is a barbie? A barbie? That's-
1: <laughs> barbecue, is that a barbecue? Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> this is the Aussie thing of nicknaming stuff. We nickname, just we'll we'll nickname you even if you've already got a nickname. Um, It's hard to explain, but, you know, so we will take someone's name like Scott and we'll be like, yeah, okay, so your name's Scott. We're going to make it Aussie and we're going to call you Scotty, even though that's longer. And the idea of a nickname is it should be shorter. That kind of flies the other way. But, you know, um, even just in my town, each of the little town centers, my city's got sort of six different little town centers in it. And one of them's called Belconnen, and it just gets Belco. And the one down in the very south of town is called Tugranong and it just gets Tuggies. And it's just nicknaming everything. You, you, if you meet somebody and they introduce themselves, often they'll introduce themselves by their, sort of, their nickname, how they like to be known. And if you end up with a nice relationship with that person, you might end up nicknaming, naming them something completely different as well. Just nicknaming is a real thing here. <laughs> and they don't even have to make sense.
0: So if someone's name Sophia, it's like Sophia.
1: Hey, yeah. Stop. <laughs> no, let's not say sof. I'm too old for that. Uh, but, but, you know, that's the thing. So uh, there's this whole thing of guys who are ginger, like red hair, red beards, whatever, being been called blue. And that's like an ironic nickname. And that's something that Aussies will do a fair bit. Or, um, yeah, that's probably a, good, a, a real good example of a stupid ironic nickname. I played American football for a few years here. And I'm a very skinny guy. Um, I had to look this up. I weigh around 150 pounds. So I'm only a little guy. And with all the helmet and pads, I don't even know how much that stuff weighs. But uh, I I look quite awkward and stupid. But one day I turned up to training wearing a football jersey to this guy from the Pittsburgh team who had this nickname, The Bus. So that then became my ironic nickname in the team that this bloke who couldn't look less like the player who had that nickname. Certainly... (laughs) not going to run anyone over like a bus. Like the guy's nickname was, was given to him for, and then it became my nickname because it was kind of ironic. And for four years without football team, I was the bus because it made no sense.
0: So have you ever like surfed? Like, isn't that a thing? Yeah, it's in a big thing. Yeah.
1: And cause 80% of the population here lives on the coast. Uh, then it's a big deal. But with my town, we're so far inland from the coast as soon as you get to this time of year now where it's, you know, we're mid-November, temperatures in the, you know, mid-20s most days, which I guess is sort of in that 70s range, seventy to 80s range that you were saying was pretty comfortable to hot. Uh, my town yeah. really migrates to the nearest coastal towns on weekends, long weekends, and then through um, what we have as school holidays. So our, our school year works on the calendar year that my kids are at school from January to December. Week before Christmas, school breaks up for the year and then there's a six-week break and they all go back for the first week of February. And through that time, my town is a bit of a ghost town. It's mainly a government town and then these folks are either not from here and have moved here for their work, so they go back to wherever their family is for a bunch of their break or they chuff off down the coast and there's a whole bunch of little small village towns the whole way down there that just swell with people from places like here uh, over that period. And and that's what you do, but I'm not much of a surfer, so I don't do that. Um, I'm not a big ocean fan. To me, that's a jungle that you can't see a lot of what's going on in there. And I'd rather just leave that jungle to be, it doesn't need me going into that. Did you see stories of shark attacks all yeah. the time? Not for me.
0: So, so I read this, it says like, what's Vegemite? Is, it, is that a thing? Oh, I don't It's know. such a thing. This...
1: Everyone seems to hate it except for us. Um, it's essentially – it's pretty well just made from a byproduct of making beer because it's a real yeasty, malty thing, and it's pitch black. And the idea is, like, when you see folks – look up some YouTube videos of people tasting this in your own time too, and that's a PSA for anyone who listens. Just If you can find it anywhere, give it a go. But don't do what people on videos do and just stick a knife into the jar and taste it or stick their finger in and taste it because it's, it's pretty strong. The idea is you get yourself a nice piece of toast – you get a nice little light scrape of butter on the toast and then you thinly spread the Vegemite on. It's not like peanut butter. You know, you don't heap it on. You just got to scrape it on a bit because it's quite salty and and quite strong. But you grow up here. It's just kind of part of, if, if you go to any motel, you're at any organized breakfast where things are sort of laid out on a table for people to spread on their own toast or whatever, um, then it will be one of those items. You're in a motel and the little condiments you sometimes get in your your fridge of like, you know, peanut butter, um, margarine or or butter, wherever you are. And then Vegemite will be one of those things as well. It's just sort of something that uh, is pretty popularly done. You'll go into a grocery store and it'll have a whole like bay and a half of just Vegemite products in different sizes, shapes, um, squeezy tubes, big jars, small jars, little individual packs that you can take with you on holidays. (laughs) Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And I, I, I think watching people who've never tried veggie taste it before has got to be one of my favourite things, because everyone's reaction is the same—that their face shrivels up towards their mouth, almost like their mouth is swallowing the rest of their face, the same way because of how bitter it is. It's just endlessly amusing.
0: <laughs> is there anything else I this that's like <laughs> mainly like kind of Australian stereotype or?
1: Wow, we've been over so much. I can't believe how much we covered. Because I mean. <laughs> Oh, there's, so there's some, fun, um, there's some fun words that we use that are completely different from other places' use of the words. Because we hear, like over here, we, we also wear flip-flops a lot because a lot of us live near the beach, but we don't call them flip-flops. We call them thongs. And I understand that <laughs> thongs, <laughs> not the same thing over there. <laughs> you know, so that's one. But uh, then what you would call a thong we would call a g-string and I don't know why it's called a string but I guess because it's rather thin underwear I don't know there's a story there I don't <laughs> okay, know okay yeah so, so there's a few things where there's yeah. words that get used a different way there to hear and that was the best example I could think of
0: so I went to this um museum in Baltimore right. and it was like an art museum and there was like really cool it was like um, I think the first floor is about, like, parenting and all this stuff. And there's a lot of statues. But hanging down was, you know, Icarus and, like, um, how wow. he's falling because, like, his wings. And it was a bronze statue. And the only thing that was covered, he was wearing a G-string. He was, like, bedazzled <laughs> with, like, red
1: rubies. That's a sight. Wow. <laughs>
0: And, like, he moved, like, he was, like, turning. So, like, you know, it's like, oh, cute wings. Oh. you're like, oh. <laughs> oh.
1: So this is the inspiration for Borat's mankini, is it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we call those Y-front jocks, uh, undies. Uh, gosh, I'm now just using Aussie words and you don't even know what I'm talking about. They're so underpants for blokes, we would call – we've got a range of nicknames. Because, again, nicknaming things. So, you know, jocks or, um, or undies. Uh, but also – uh the, the swimmer version like speedo swimmers for blokes are uh, affectionately nicknamed here budgie smugglers and <laughs> i guess the idea is that um you know depending on how things are arranged it might look like you're also smuggling additional things so one a budgie i guess a budgery is a small bird from over here and um so maybe maybe that you might be concealing a small bird in your, your speedos if things are arranged well, I guess. But, yeah, they're called bungee smugglers. And we've got heaps of nicknames for stuff like that. But that's probably one that's got the most jocks, undies, bungee smugglers, yeah, bog catchers. <laughs> we're pretty, yeah, we're, we're really elegant over here.
0: And, like, I have to think, like, of some like famous Australian, like, Oh,
1: you'd know celebrities. Millions. But, you know Nicole Isn't... Kidman, right? She's in that show The Undoing that's been on recently on Netflix. She's, she's an Aussie, oh. born in Hawaii, but an Australian, like, grew up here. Uh, you'd know Keith Urban, who was the judge on American Idol, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, Hugh Jackman, who doesn't know Hugh Jackman?
0: Oh, my God. right? X-Men. The Hemsworth boys,
1: <laughs> Chris and Liam Hemsworth.
0: Oh, Everyone knows yes. them, right?
1: <laughs> Any others? You could yeah. yeah. Trying to think. <laughs> Those are all just actor people, though. Um, Rupert Murdoch. People seem to know a bit about Rupert Murdoch, the Fox guy. Uh, Fox um, you a know, sort of news and um, and TV and that sort of thing. Rupert Murdoch. He's an Aussie guy, media magnate.
0: What does the Fox He's- say? <laughs> <laughs> this song. What does the Fox I remember when that was like that a thing? huge thing. I don't know it. I don't know it. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. ding. When was that song out? Um, I'm thinking 2014. Oh, Let Where
1: me see. Right, looking that up later.
0: 2013. Up? You're so close. Like one wow. year off. Oh, gosh. <laughs>
1: the Fox? All right, looking that up later.
0: You had to give like the vibe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh well well i think in terms of a taste of weird culture from d and under um uh, i don't know i think that that's probably a pretty good postcard I reckon yeah
0: months i think like people are always like fascinating because like like even if like there's nothing interesting you have that accent and people are like oh, wow that's, that's like
1: so cool <laughs> i've got this cousin who moved to denver 10 years ago or so and he is, it, it's one off for him, but the novelty for people of his accent still seems to be a thing <laughs> because he's from rural New South Wales over here. So he's sort of from a town of, I don't know, 20,000 people smack dab in the middle of one of these states where there's not a lot else around it. So his accent's kind of pretty wild. Um, but he's like, man, it kind of wears you out and people go, say this, say that. Oh man, that sounds so weird. He's like, I get the novelty for them, but for me, it's been a decade. I'm kind of getting tired. <laughs> so, Chris, if you're listening, like, much love.
0: <laughs> like, I just like like listening to accents. Same. Like, I don't care what you say. I'm like, so wow. I find accents
1: absolutely transfixing. Uh, I've got an auntie who's Irish. She's from Limerick, and she could read the phone book. I wouldn't care. I just love listening to her talk. It's like a song. <laughs> absolutely.
0: And like for me, I don't think I have an accent. Like, of course, American, but like yeah,
1: hard on your R's, which is a real there's... American thing. American, American, yeah. <laughs> American. American. <laughs> um, really hard on the R's is an American thing. That you know, if I was going to imitate the accent, the first thing I would look for is words with R's in it. Where it can be like a car dealer going down the dealership, <laughs> you give myself a core quality core. <laughs> give myself a truck. A truck. Get a truck. Um... F-150. My wife has always wanted a big truck like that. <laughs> but it's so impractical because, you know, um, we don't live on a farm. We don't cart stuff. <laughs> we live in a city of a half a million people. Why would I need that? Um, I know there's, like,
0: a lot of farmers in my area. So there's, like, a lot of sheep, cows, um, horses.
1: Oh, yeah. Well,
0: and there's, like, a lot of trucks. A lot
1: of them. lamb is a big thing here like as a meal using lamb as the protein in your meal because there's so many sheep there's sort of four or five times the population of sheep in australia at any one time than there is people because it's such a big industry in terms of just our own consumption but also export for and wool as well wool's a big deal we export a lot of that too because i know we've got big expanses of places to let sheep just do what sheep do to grow these things
0: now, aren't you close with... I'm, I'm really bad at geography. <laughs> um, is New Zealand, is that close?
1: Sort of, yeah.
0: Am I where I
1: live, New Zealand <laughs> is closer than Perth. So Perth's that city right over in the very far west, sort of about where LA would be if our map sat across the top of the US map. And New Zealand is closer to us, to the east, than Perth is from where I live. And you get quite a lot of, New Zealand emigration into the eastern part of Australia, especially Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, and very recently I, I had a colleague who was from New Zealand and I find his accent really really interesting too because they're really flat on their vowels and they almost swap vowels from one word to another in some ways that the, the I sound in a New Zealand accent, like in the word six, kind of comes out like a U sucks. And like if they're going to go to the shop and buy a bag of chips, they'd be buying chips. And it's like their accent's So uh, flat on that sound. But then on an A sound, they almost go to an I. So, you know, they can make the I sound um, because they, they almost make an I. I'm trying to think of a word that would be a good example for that on the spot. And I wish I'd thought about this before, <laughs> before I started this rant. Um, but my, yeah, well, my, my colleague's <laughs> name was Gareth and he would pronounce his name Gareth. You know, mm-hmm. so, yeah, th- there's an example of the A making the I sound. You go, well, you can make the I sound. Why can't you just say six? Why can't you just say chips, mate? Especially for people who play cricket. And one of the things you can do in cricket is hit a ball and get six runs for it. And, you know, well, you can say six. You can say I, like, you know, to hear you say, and that's gone for six. You go, and? And that's gone for six. Don't you mean and that's gone for six? You know, you can make both those sounds and you, you just put them <laughs> in the wrong spots. Oh, so I find those accents really interesting. Yeah. Um, most European accents are pretty interesting. I like the U.S. too because it's as big as Europe. And the way that I think about the U.S., and I don't know if this is something other people do, but when I think of the U.S., I don't really think of it as a country. I think of it as like Europe, like it's 30, 40, more different places that some have a lot in common and are much more similar to each other, but a lot of them have very little in common. Yeah, Even the way you talk and the things that are important in your daily life are so different. It's like, well, you know, well, how much does someone in Portugal have in common with someone from Poland? You know, so how much does someone from... You know, West Virginia have in common with somebody from SoCal, you know, well, probably not a whole lot other than that they're from this one massive land expanse. And, you know, it's, it's probably better thinking of those as their own little environments and that that person is from there, not from the U.S. So that's something I sort of think about when, when I'm approaching people from the U.S. And ah, okay, so you're from this part. You probably don't have as much in common with some of these other parts. So I'm just focusing on, on just your region.
0: Yeah, like for me, like there's some restaurants here that aren't in like other places. Like, I actually got like um a Jersey Mike's in my area, and I'm like, what's that? Meanwhile, like I'm like, okay, what's Zaxby's? Because over here it's like KFC, and I think that's Zaxby's, another chicken oh, place. Wow. But I'm like, I haven't had Chick Fil A. That's like also I've like a bit. chicken place, but like I'm over I've here.
1: Heard like, we don't have that here. We've got obviously KFC, sort of one of those ones that's pretty big internationally, but. Um, even in my little town, we've got a little local chain which has six or seven little, you know, fried chicken. And they call their chicken recipe, their their spice recipe, um, they call it Southern Fried is their, the name of their, like, you know, magic recipe, I guess, to go up head-to-head with KFC. They've got the 11 secret herbs and spices. But, yeah, so Kingsley's is our, our little local chain, which is very cute to think that they're going up against big old KFC. But, you know, Mr. Kingsley, he's come up with his little, you know, broke out the science kit one day and put a few spices together and... Um, and it tasted good on chicken, so all of a sudden he's going to take on the Empire. I think it's really, really kind of funny. Yeah.
0: It's...